to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I hope you've all been enjoying the summer. And very, very much thank you for, for joining us again tonight as we as we kickstart our our season again. The football season is back and the We Talk Seahawks podcast is back alongside it as well. And we're here to cover the season ahead. Obviously, the first game of the preseason kicked off this weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers against the Seahawks, a 32-25 loss for the Hawks. But a good game and a good start to the to the NFL preseason. Lots of positives and, and, and lots of talking points have come out from it. And that's why we're back again tonight. This is a bit of a catch-up podcast. Um, we've been we've all been a little bit busy over the summer. Part of it relaxing, part of it a bit more serious stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll let the boys explain what we've all been up to over the summer and what's coming and whilst we've been away. But now we're back. Fear no, fear no longer. Your your podcast void of, of us three has been filled. We are back. And as always, I am joined by Mr. Positive himself back for the new season. As positive as ever, it is Pez. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good. Glad to be back. It's been a while. A couple of holidays, a wedding to uh, be arranged. Yeah. But we're here. Let's get uh, this season rolling. Where have you been on holiday too then? Come on. I want to I wanna hear uh, all. Went to Greece, Rhodes. Nice. nice. 36. Well, saying that for American listeners, it's 36 degrees Celsius for us, and they're Fahrenheit, yep. so I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's hot enough for me. It's Fahrenheit, sweaty... I think, is what it is, yeah. Fahrenheit. <laughs> Do you like that, Josh? Oh, We're, oh, back. We're back. Oh, We're back. Oh, that's enough. Oh, enough. Right. Oh, enough. Hey, right, Josh, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm really good. I'm good. I'm... But I'm a bit bit flabbergasted by the dad joke and the uh, the pun game you brought straight off. Um, yeah, really good. I'm in the throes of organising my wedding, which is this weekend. So it's the final touches now. Um, trying to catch up on all things Seahawks. Um, and yeah, missing you guys. Yeah, so the priority is the Seahawks, though. That's why that's why we're back, isn't it? I mean, I know I know it's a wedding this weekend, but you know what you're showing me there on the phone, Pez. I can't read that. Um, well, just whilst we're recording, 
my brother's put in our uh, chat that apparently the Seahawks plan to cut Ugo Amadi as part of their oh, first wave of roster reductions. Just seen that. Well, there's a little bit of breaking news to start the uh, the We Talk Seahawks podcast. As always, we do things pretty off the cuff here and things just happen whilst we're on air. So there we go. So we'll get to talking about that tonight as well. Uh, more importantly, I went on holiday to Croatia this summer. Um, I went for two weeks, got a nice little tan with a factor 50 on. Still got a tan, hey, not, not bad going, that is it. So, you yeah. look see-through. How, I look is, see-through. If that's a tan, what are you like when you're pale? Again, I must point out that I'm from the northeast of England, so a tan <laughs> is any any light shade of, yeah, just any yeah. form of darker pigment, it, it's a tan. So I'm happy with it anyway. So just, the ambassador there worked. Um so, yeah, we're all back. We're all ready to get talking about the Seahawks again. Uh, there's a few things that have happened whilst we've been away. Obviously, DK Metcalf has signed up for the long term. We'll mention him and, and our thoughts on that um, and, a, and a few other bits and bobs flying around. And now, obviously, this Ugo Amadi news that's just broken as well. Uh, but there was a football game this weekend. The football is back. The Steelers 32 and the Seahawks 25 in the first preseason game. Um, lots of talking points, lots of highly awaited sort of players that we were eager to get our eyes on this summer, obviously for, for varying reasons, for, for draft picks and then guys that were involved in the Russell Wilson trade and all that stuff. Um, I think the, the obvious place to start, lads, is the quarterbacks and it, it, it's it's the highly publicised, better than Anthony Joshua Usyk rematch coming up this, this weekend, isn't it? It's Drew Locke against Geno Smith. Um, it, a very interesting stat line for both of them in 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 this game. Uh, Drew Locke, eleven for fifteen on the attempts, one hundred and two yards and two touchdowns. I think he's got about one hundred and thirty-four passer rating as well. So pretty impressive night for Drew Locke in his in his Seahawks debut. Geno Smith, a slightly less impressive, ten for fifteen, one hundred and one yards and no touchdowns. Also no interceptions from both quarterbacks, so that's good. Um, but Gino was running at about an 85 rating on that one. Pez is already dying to get involved. So what do you want to say, Pez? One touchdown for Gino. He ran it in, didn't he? Rushing touchdown. Yes. Rushing touchdown, yes, I'll give you that. Just come, come on. I'm normally one to bash someone straight away, so don't roll your eyes, Josh. <laughs> we'll get into him soon, don't worry. I won't let you down. Yes, but I'll give you it. And it, to be fair, it, it was a good rushing touchdown. Fair play to him. He, he put his body in there where it hurts, and I liked it. So he I think played it, well. Oitis could have run a little bit quicker to that fucking line. Well, hang on. You, you've just had a go at me for, for, for slandering him, and now you're saying that Tortoise could have run quicker. So which, which camp are you in here? Oh, I'm definitely in the Gino best not be starting week one camp. Don't well, get me there wrong. You go. There you go. I just like to make your life awkward. Oh, thanks, mate. Well, I've missed that. Uh, so let's so so in terms of linking the game to training camp, this has been the battle. This has been the headline battle of all off season from the Seahawks. Uh, it looks to me on paper from what I've seen that Drew Locke in the sort of the first round of this preseason has is, is, is taken the first round um, over Geno Smith for this QB battle in terms of what we saw last night. I think Drew Locke was also running with a slightly sort of weaker offense than Geno Smith was running at the start of the game. So that, again, for me, points towards Drew Locke having a better night. Um, I think, for me, Drew Locke is is the career that's got only any point to it at this point. Geno Smith's career isn't salvageable. We know what Geno Smith is. Drew Locke's career is still salvageable. And and for me, he's the QB1. But in terms of what we've seen in in, in the game last night and and in, in, in training camp, what 
what are the thoughts after after the first preseason game and and training camp so far in terms of how how we've how we've seen this quarterback battle sort of sort of pan out at this point. Um, as we thought, mm. Drew Lock isn't like Drew Lock is just Drew Lock, but. When you talk about these two quarterbacks, moving forward, it is Drew Locks. You watch, like I watched the 40-minute highlights because I'm not getting up at that time in the morning. I was just getting like, home, so I watched most of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at that, the offense moved. There was more flow to the offense with mm. Drew Lock because he moved. It it just worked. Gino. My biggest fear for Gino, if he starts week one, is he'll get destroyed because he stays in that pocket far too long. And don't get me wrong, everyone's talked about the O-line has improved. Charles Cross looked really impressive. Mm -hmm. He did look really impressive. But I just the amount of time he hangs in the pocket and he's so stiff and rigid as a quarterback... He's just going to get taken out, constantly taken out. Because even though mm. Charles Cross is good on one side, you're relying on a load of other guys to be able to protect him. Where And it just didn't flow. It just I watched that first half, and it was so stagnant. It was just so, so robotic. It? Yeah, it was just robotic. And Pete's comments like, Oh, Gino, this and Gino, that. And you made you in our chat, James, you've said, like, obviously, you're not going to give all your cards away straight away. But mm. do you know what really scares me? And everyone who listens to this podcast knows my opinion on Pete and the lies he comes out to in the media. My biggest fear is he's lying to himself again and he's genuinely going to roll with Drew Lock week one. You're scaring me, Pez. You're scaring me, mate. He scares me. He scares me for still trying to big up Gino. Like it. <sighs> but do you not think it is? It, it he's not going to name the starter at this point, is he? So no, he isn't. For me, he it's isn't. all smoke and mirrors for me. Like don't don't get me wrong. Pete isn't stupid. Even though I might like love to bash him, he's not stupid. Hmm. He knows. Don't get me wrong. All optimistic Pete believes that he can unlock something in Drew Lock that no one else has been able to. But from what I've seen so far, no, I don't. I, I, I'm not convinced yet that Drew Lock is the answer what people might get overexcited, like might be trying to tell themselves he is. But I think Pete kind of understands that as well. And he's just rolling with the dice he's got until he can get a better option, really, I think. Yeah, I, I, you can look at it like that. For me, I, I think I'm, I'm not putting too much expectation on Drew this year. I've said it since since he's sort of came. It is he's going to be a system quarterback in, in in the sense that you don't ask him to do stuff that he's not going to be comfortable doing. And for me, you you, you can win in the NFL with those quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo in in San Fran is a perfect example. For me, if 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 we were to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not convinced he's any much better of a quarterback than Drew Locke is right now. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I don't see how he'd be a massive upgrade. I think Drew Locke has got all the talent for me in terms of it. Put it this way: if 
if if the Seahawks coach, I think it's Dave Canales, the quarterback coach for the Seahawks, if he can't coach Drew Locke to be a better quarterback than Geno Smith is in, in terms of over this preseason heading into the regular season, then he needs to be fired. Because you don't even need to coach it. It, it just he just is. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I had to interject there because no, I, I can't. Don't... I can't have people blow too much smoke up Geno Smith's ass because he is awful. But that's what I mean. Like it, Thank Geno you, Smith. Josh. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Drew Locke. The listeners the this podcast. I'm tired. I've been I've been prepping for a wedding for the last god knows how long. I ain't got time for for smoke and mirrors. It, he he is just utter utter toss. Sorry to jump in there, James. Go on, carry on, but I, I no, can't hold that. No, bit. I was, I was, I was all but fit. All I'm saying is, Drew Locke has got the arm talent. He chucked a grenade in there. Let's go. Let's go. I'm back. He's back. <laughs> go on, Josh. Go on. You, you, you tell us what you're thinking, mate. So essentially, throughout all the training camp, like like Pez said, Pete has alluded to the oh, Gino's in the lead right now. He knows the system. Brilliant. He can know the system. You could teach the most inept sportsman. A system they could know it off the back of their hand it could just be top of their head whatever you can ask them a question they get it however putting into practice that system and working with the players around you is a completely different matter like Gino's been with us what four years and he's been back up he came in for a few games last year and he did looked all right but he's not going to light up this team he's not going to do anything special we're just going to stay this really stacked stuttering offense with Gino holding onto the ball for as long as rusted just without the escapability factor and just getting absolutely munched someone like Bradley Chubb coming off the is it Bradley Chubb or Nick Chubb it's Bradley Chubb from Broncos isn't it yeah coming off the edge or even through the middle of our O-line he will have Gino in his sights and he will be licking his lips every single time thinking I am just going to drive you so far back. Mm. Now, Drew Locke, conversely, gives you that little bit of escapability. He can run it, he can use his legs, and he will run out of the pocket, and he'll run away from danger, and he's got that foresight. The fact that he's actually he's currently running out with the twos, and he's making them look good, mm. says a lot. If you give him first-team firepower, mm-hmm. what's he going to do? The upside is, is far too great for Drew Locke over Gino. Gino might start the first game of the season because we signed into a £7 million contract and it's kind of counterintuitive to pay someone $7 million to ride the pine. You at least want him to try. So you let him try, you let him mess up and then go, it's Drew Lock time. Chuck him in there, see what he does and then he'll take it with both hands and then that'll be us for the season. Mm. Winning a couple of games, looking very mediocre with Drew Lock at quarterback hoping to God that we lose enough games to get a decent draft pick next year. That's it. it, it so, next week then, Bears... Drew Locke's is... Super Bowl run, baby. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Never mind positive Pez, it's cocaine. Pez at this point, I think, by the way, Super Bowl, Drew Locke. Pez on speed, this isn't it? Pez on Jesus. speed, yeah. So, next week then... I'm excited. Who do you think will be starting? Is it, is it going to be Gino again taking starting the game, or, or is it going to be more of Drew Lock? Drew will start next week. I think. I think they'll give him the first team offense to let him start and see what he can do. Mm, okay. mm, no, Gino's going to start. Interesting. I, I, he might not start for the whole half, but I think Pete's going to give him at least a quarter 
to show that he can see what he did, make improvements, and roll. He's going to layer more the takeover. Well, tell me about it, Josh. Do you know what? <laughs> this this subject's amazing because for our loyal listeners, they know that me and Josh can disagree <laughs> on nearly every single point on this podcast. But this one, there will be no disagreements on, we, and it'll be a joy to agree. listen to. Yeah. Yes. It's, I, I, I can't get on any bandwagon for Gino. He's no. utter shit house. And the amount of people over Twitter or my friends I know that support football or anything like that, as soon as they mention Gino Smith, I can't. It's like I've got Tourette's. I can't help but swear about him and say how crap he is. Like I said it in one of the last podcasts. If you start for the New York Jets and then you get binned off by the New York Jets because you're not good enough. That says a lot. They had butt fumble as a quarterback for a bit. You know, that, that's the caliber of their quarterbacks. If Geno Smith starts for a few seasons, then they go, actually, this guy is really crap. Get rid. But there you go. Like, I'd, yeah. I, I, I'd love for him to listen to this and then come at me over social media. Because I'd just be like, mate, your, your tape just shows everything. Fair play, you're a, you're a professional athlete. You're doing better than I ever did, but no. He's a lovely guy, but it's, sure it's he just, he's, not, he's not a quarterback one in the NFL. He never has been, and I think Drew Locke has the potential to be that. So for me, it, 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 it's Drew Locke all the way. Um, we're going to move to the running backs because I know Pez is absolutely dying to talk about a certain person mm-hmm. here now. I was mm-hmm. I was going into this game excited to see a Kenneth Walker, and I thought I can imagine Pez was as well. That's who we were looking forward to seeing the most in terms of the running backs, the first glimpse of of K nine himself. But it was a certain other player, a certain other running back that stole the headlines in Pittsburgh. DJ Dallas, the Wolverine. Pez, I'm going to divert this to you because I know he's one of your guys. Um, so so talk to well, me about this performance. Just before we. Uh... I go off on a gush fest on the DJ. Oh, here we go. I do, watching Ken Walker. Uh, Kenneth just sounds so. It sounds so much better. Don't dull down a really class name, Kenneth. Come here. Oh, Kenneth. oh it's the name that you're not impressed with. Oh, I thought you were no, impressed. No, with no, his no. I, I, it, no, I've, I think the plays he made. I think there was one where he got stuffed behind the line, but mm. I just. I looked at it and I thought, I don't think there's much more he could have done. The line broke down completely. They just bull rushed the line. And I think it was just kind of an obvious play what they were going to do. They didn't disguise it. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't blame that on him, really. I don't think the five guys running at you pretty much open. There's not much you can fucking do. But some of his other ones, because he didn't really show anything. Like we spoke about, it's going to be very vanilla. It's not going to be... Mm. Imp- putting his foot in, toes in the dirt and cutting out to the side and going balls deep in every single play. But when he went straight through the middle and basically just ran into defenders, mm. it's exciting to see him eat, still eating yards yeah. and not being like we spoke about Travis Homer, who will literally run into his own guy before he even gets past that, like, point of attack. Um, so, yeah, I was still impressed with him for the minimal he did. I don't think he was asked to do that much. I think he was asked to do very basic things. And 
just to get his feet wet. So I was quite happy with what he did because even though they were basic, he still did bit like yeah. he got got that nice catch. Yeah, was it for about eleven yards? Nice catch, but he's apparently you know a bus got his money back. We <laughs> <laughs> saw baby. Fuck Come off. on, get to Dallas now. Come on. But anyway, anyway, I just have to talk about my fucking new my guy, but my old my guy. Anyone who's been listening long enough, I gushed over him for a good half an hour. A couple of was it the end of this season or was it the end of last season into this new season? But that doesn't matter because this guy, I said it back then. And I will reiterate my point now. He might have been playing before anyone comes at me and goes, well, it wasn't your proper defence. It doesn't matter. That guy could have gone up against TJ Watt and I still think he would have ran all over him. He just, he gets better every single season. And he comes from, he comes from the U and the running backs on the U are well known for being very aggressive. Hard hitting, very aggressive Travis Homer shows that. DJ Tellus never really shown that because he's quite like happy go lucky. He's always smiling, and that's what everyone loves him because of his personality. But we saw something different. And I think this offseason's been different because let's face it, like we've all said, it's a rebuild. All the players know that. So if you stay on this team, if you're an old guy and you stay on this team, you know that the coaching staff have a future for the re- you with the rebuild. Well, for DJ Dallas and Travis Homer, it's not really that rosy because they picked up Ken Walker when they did. Tra- DJ Dallas in an interview brought it up himself, basically alluding to the fact that, well, clearly they don't, in my interpretation, it was clearly they don't think I'm that good because they had to go out and get Ken. Mm-hmm. And this game showed that next level. And do you know what? I'll call it right now. We're going to do a hot takes episode in a couple of things. I'll bring it back up. Is My hot take is, if Rashad Penny goes down, by the looks of it, he's going to go down because he, he, he hamstrings groins are already fucking... Calm down, Josh. Calm Typical. down. Calm just, down. Just, calm as down. I, just as I draft him in one of my fantasy leagues, buggers <laughs> himself. Sod's law in it. For the one um, season, I show some faith in him. But... Everyone, everyone then will look at uh, Ken Walker going straight to the one. Mm. Preseason needs to think. But I'm going to call it right now that DJ Dallas will be in that one-two. If he if he shows what he did in this game for the whole of preseason, he could actually, being more experienced, could leapfrog Ken mm. into the RB1. Because we said it before we came on air, some of them runs down the middle, and that's one of his biggest criticisms. He's class when he gets on the outside and runs down mm. the, uh, down the line. Can't really do it down the middle because he gets taken out really easy, and Josh made a point that he looks like he's put size on. And this is what I mean about this guy. He's just a dog. He gets better every single year. And some of them runs, like you alluded to, James, he looked like how Marshawn used to run. That yep. touchdown, when the guy... Like pretty much had him wrapped. Yeah. And he just got free and dove like it was his life. He shows how much he's gonna work this preseason to make sure he stays the roster. And if not, beat out some people in the depth chart. I think like if, if I know everyone's gonna gush on him because like the commentary go, he's a star he's a star player and he's the guy who stood out. But I 
beg anyone who's listening to this podcast, just go back and watch what the guy can do. Mm. Don't necessarily look at the stats. Just go and watch his play. From the first year to the second year, he gets he improves every single year. And surely that's the kind of guy you want on your football team. If we get nasty, if we get nasty DJ and not happy DJ in games, he can be smiley and jokey all he wants before, after, at halftime. But when he's on that field, if we see him nasty like he was against in against the Steelers, people might be looking in the wrong direction in that running back room for who might actually shine this year. Interesting. Like I say, I, I, do you know what I loved? And, and you lose to it again there. It was the second effort from Dallas the other night in, in those runs up the middle. He refused to go down on them runs. And, and that's what you love to see. And and as you said, Pez, and, and I called it on a, on a few pods back then. Well, I didn't call it, but I made the sort of comparison to him and his running style, the way he looks and runs like Marshawn. You put 24 on his chest. He, he's Marshawn. The dreadlocks, the, everything, the way, even the way he covers up the ball with his two hands. When he's when he's going into contact, he's just he looks so much like Marshawn. His big big, you know, big muscly strides, his massive gait when he when he runs. Honestly, he is Marshawn re, reborn. But um, do you need like some alone time? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like his big muscly thighs, his his his, his long gait. Ugh. Yeah, but I, I I'm I'm personally. As much as I, I like DJ Dallas, I think he's a great character and he's a, he's a good football player. He was massively underutilised, I think underappreciated when he stepped in when Carson and Penny were both injured. But this season, I think if you start comparing him to Marshawn, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Um, I don't want to put that tag on him until he's at least year four because uh, Marshawn was just a different animal. But... The, as Pez said, the leaps and bounds he's making year on year, which you should do if you're a professional sportsman, you should always be looking to improve. He's put on mass, you can see that. Um, and I think he learned last season when he was taking these balls, these straight ahead balls, an ISO ball or anything, was straight through the, D, the O line that he was just getting knocked about. So he's obviously gone, I need some gym work. I mean, he's talking about gym work. Look at Travis Homer. I, th- that man has put on so much mass. Yeah, but it doesn't sort of matter his... though because he's, 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 he, how long ago was his last eye test that he's taken? Because on that run that he got to the outside where he, he broke off for one, he ran into the back of, of our player again. Was it Melton that was blocking? But in all fairness though, Melton was pushed into him and then he bounced off and carried on going. So yeah, it's but... a, that, again, that's different to the old Travis Helmer who's just run into the old lineman. I'm sorry, I I, I just can't He still managed about to find, was it not Derek Young's ass though? <laughs> like, do not get me wrong. He got open. He could have split out to the right and that all nice open, and then cut in into his own player's yeah. ass. I'm like, come on, Travis. God love him. Fuck. God love him. <laughs> but um, but no, so look. one minute, just just so um, when the comparison to Marshawn wasn't is not going to be anywhere near his standard. No. I mean. The style he's running through the middle. It, 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 I'm not comparing him to Marshawn like he's going to be him. I just feel like the style he's running through the middle now, it reminds me of how Marshawn used to run through the middle. Yeah. If do you know we, what I mean. Do we not like, he... I don't want people to get confused. I'm not like over hyping him to the point where he's going to be on his level. Yeah. I mean, we've Except recently had. Year. 
with <clears throat> Robert Turbin on the pod, which I hope you've all listened to. Do you think he could assume a role sort of similar to how Turbin did in terms of he's a backup in sort of he's the number two guy, number three guy, but when asked to, he can he can come up with these big plays. Obviously, he's not as big as Turbin, but he's it he looks like he's now going to be running as more of a power back Dallas now as in terms of you know he's more of that elusive kick returner when we first got him out of college. Now on the, on the evidence of last night, he's looking like a power back up the middle kind of guy. So. Could he could he become what Robert Turbin kind of was backing up Marshall Lynch whilst we're talking about Marshall Lynch or or is that a bit of a stretch as well? What what is the expectation really then with Dallas? For now, it's basically in this situation one game, one preseason game. It's securing his future on the team. Yeah, it really is like for me, it's a no-brainer. But Pete likes to surprise me. Because he's a no-brainer, he can he can return. He's really mm-hmm. effective at returning. Mm-hmm. And last night he just showed and just a new level to his game. So for me, it's a no-brainer. He should, but these games are like literally just securing his roster spot for now. But you talk three games down the line, and it's still fucking hell. Look at DJ Dallas. Fucking hell, look at DJ Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Penny's still like. <clears throat> Hamstring, groin. <laughs> They're not going to turn around. It's like you need someone Walker. to hold his hand through an injury, isn't it? Like, you look at the last few seasons when he's been injured, and it was only when AP got here that he realised the injuries weren't that bad. It's like, he seems to go, oh, I've got a really tight hamstring. Stretch it off, get on the pitch. Like, I say this as an ex-sportsman. I, I used to go to games or training and be like, oh, I'm a bit tight. I'll go to the physio. I'll stretch it off. I'll do this. This whole, he's got a tight hamstring. He's got a tight groin. That's why you have physiotherapists on your team. That's why you stretch. If he's got tight hamstrings or groins or whatever, he's obviously not doing flexibility work. And it's re- really gets to me. It's, it's the worst excuse for a professional sportsman ever. Because these teams pay millions to medical staff to make sure that everyone's right. And if someone goes, oh, I can't... If they've pulled it, legitimately pulled it, fine. If it's worth a bit tight, we didn't want him to run, get a grip, mate. You're getting paid millions of dollars to run a few balls, especially in pre-season. If you're RB1, you're not going to have a massive workload. Sort your shit out, mate. That doesn't take long for the Do you need a vet to come and hold your hand? Just just on a bit of... Pissed off because I drafted him in fantasy, that's why. Just on a bit of a defence of him, it... Knowing Pete in the way he is, I think it's a bit, probably a bit of overcautious Pete just not wanting to. They've got about fifty-six running backs, mm. so they don't really need to, no, like be killing him in the preseason. Full stop. Mm. And like everyone says, you just just don't pay, play him in the preseason. Just don't do it. Like he showed last season, he doesn't really need that much work to just come in and light the stadium on fire. Mm. But yeah. Just, I've got him in about fifty-six f- fucking best balls, so. <laughs> so he better be playing. Yeah, um, let, let's get on to two of the uh, the rookie receivers from last night as well. We, we got our first glimpse of Derek Young and Bourne Melton. Um, there was some nice players from both of them. Obviously, Derek Young getting the touchdown from Drew Lock. Some nice strong hands that we saw there. A uh, Bourne Melton again from Drew Lock. A really impressive player. The way he beat his man. What a surprise! He's good, isn't he? He's good. This could be a real steal that we've got on our hands with these two. Um, what, what were the first impressions of those two lads? Bo Melton, I what 
two receptions, was it? 47 yards in total. Yeah. Um, that one that he broke off like 30 yards. That, that man is quick. Is like, that, that's brilliant. But Derek Young, what you're looking at, four receptions, 30 yards, touchdown. He's really raw. He's come from a, a really small school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's one of those who's going to be a camp body and then he'll get stuck, I think, on the... Uh, we we had this conversation. I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards practice squad because I don't think he's going to do enough in training camp for people to go, I'll take a flyer on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm, it's quite exciting. That Bo Melton, I genuinely, I've, I've got high hopes for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of can he beat out your your training camp permanence, like your you know your Aaron Fuller's, your Cade Johnson's... Um, God, who else? There's bloody loads of them. Um, that just of them. The, they're always there, um, but they never actually make the active roster. Or if they do, no. they just sit and ride the pine all season. Um, it, it was exciting. I, it, it was nice to see them get some decent ball and make some good yardage. But um, it's the first game of preseason. I never get too excited about what happens there, um, apart from when it comes to quarterback battle um, and people still telling me that Geno Smith's going to start. Um, how, yeah. how have you brought him back in? We're talking about the receiver. How have you brought because him Because I have such hatred and vitriol for that man. And the fact he's getting paid $7 million a season to be that shit. Geno I... Smith is Josh's <laughs> Pete Carroll for me. <laughs> he's my we podcast found... crypt tonight. I could be really <laughs> we found positive. Josh's Pete Carroll. <laughs> this was amazing. <laughs> I could be really positive all podcast, and if someone, as soon as someone says, oh, "I think Gino's going to start," I think he deserves to be QB one. That'd be me. I snap. I hulk out. I can't help it. It just it infuriates the hell out of me. We need to cut him ASAP so Josh doesn't have an have an absolute explosion on a certain podcast if Gino Smith is caught. We'll just cut him. <laughs> just for, if Pete, if you're listening, just for the sake of Josh's well-being, just cut Gino Smith. Um, Pez. What, what were your thoughts on the uh, on the receivers from last night? Were you, were you impressed by Bo Melton and, and Derek Young? Yeah, Bo Melton, I think he missed a catchable ball. It wasn't great, but realistically, with the amount of with the amount of looks and opportunities he got, that one main one he got where he made the defender miss and then went the change of speed. Scary. Now he he's he's going nowhere. No, like he's going nowhere. You, like Josh alluded to, your camp bodies, your Penny Hearts, Aaron Fuller. Really, out of any of them, the only That's one who's shown Penny something. Heart. The, the, yeah. well, the, the Wi-Fi connection, connection with Russell. Russ is gone. Yeah, it's well, gone now. This, no, this, this is it. And who needs who? Who's who's down? Who's down one wide receiver? So when he gets cut by us, Russ is going to come calling, going, "No, oh, Penny, oh. come with me." Telling you, I'm telling you, when it happens, when it happens, I'll be smug as fuck. No, but <laughs> anyway, back onto the thing. I, I just so I can genuinely see like Bowman melting with that change of speed. Mm. He ain't going nowhere. I don't care what round you are. I hate this thing, and this might be just a British thing to American thing. I hate this thing where he goes, but he's only a seventh rounder. Does it fucking matter? Did you? He he could catch a football, and did you see how fucking fast he was? If your wide receivers coach is fucking any decent, then he's got some nice clay to mould there. 
It's, so it's... if they cut him, you might want to look at wide receivers coach and just go, we might need to bin him off as well because that changes speed. And he fucked himself over because he, he, well, if he didn't shit himself and cut inside, if he was a bit more aware, if he just stayed on the trajectory he was because of the guy who went out, out, he went off the field and was coming back in. It, even though I think by doing that, if he touched him, he would have got a flag anyway, because you're not allowed to leave and then re-enter and make an effect on the play. If he was more aware and probably wasn't just like, oh, fuck, 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 he would have realised the whole sideline was completely empty to the end zone. He ran into contact. If he just stayed on his dinghy, can't take that away from him, because but he could have took that to the house and then everyone would have been like, oh, my fucking Jesus. But that play alone, just showing that turn of speed, like, I think he does a couple more of them in the preseason. I think he's safe. And Derek Young really impressed me. He may have dropped some balls. He may have made a few like, little mistakes. But overall, he's, for, he's not been a wide receiver long, has he? No, I think he's a converted sort of defensive back. I think he's another one of those, yeah. I think. And he come from like a fucking the community Nor college. Yeah, yeah, the from like an unknown community college. To be quite honest, in some of the routes he played, and this just shows though the, the connection with Drew Locke and his boys. Um but he seemed to like run his routes quite nicely and he did um I'm not gonna pretend like I know what they're fucking called because I don't but he did he did. He ran a route, and if you if you weren't paying attention, you would have thought DK was. He kind of had the same body language. He's, he's, I don't think he's as thick as DK, but he had the same body language as DK. He, his mannerisms on the field, how he catched a football, how he used his body when he caught the football, and I just think, just on that tape alone, you cut any of them two. And I know it might be a bold thing to say, but you cut any of them two just on Bo Melton showing his speed in full pad, full game, like full game scenario, mm. and Dorit Young catching that fastball into his chest, um, pulling off some of the passes, just running his routes and things like that. I think that's enough tape to show that if, they, if we cut them, there'll be a team out there who will definitely pick them up for the practice squad off waivers. They will not come back to us. Mm. They will not escape waivers, them two. So I do think Aaron Fuller, like every year, will escape waivers and come back. Um, Penny Hart, I think by now, clearly he's not involved in any of the plans. I know he's had suited up and stuff, but I think you cut him and he'll get picked up just because he's got experience. Um and then you look at some of the others, and like I read a guy's tweet saying, like he wouldn't be surprised if a shock cut could be Freddie Swain if they really wanted to shake the apple cart a little bit. Because you got to think, mm. Good Goodwin is shown out in camp. Now mm -hmm. is he just a camp body? Because he's kind of showing with his speed again. And some of the plays he's been making, he's not really a camp body, is he? He's he's actually proving no. at 32, I still got some of it. And a 32-year-old experienced receiver can really help a Drew Lockout. Mm. 
can really help a Drew Lockout over your younger receivers. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think they can cut um, Derek Young or Bo Melton. They'll never get them back. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, we're going to move on to the defensive side of the ball now. Um, some very impressive displays on the defense as well, even though obviously we lost the game. Yeah. But a, a, lubricated a, gloves. Who's got lubricated gloves? Every single player on the fucking defense. Oh, right. So you're not in my camp then. With it, it was a good performance from the defense. Okay, that, that that that's interesting. Oh no no no! Tackling was a bag of fucking dicks. Yeah, yeah the tackling Individual was cool. stuff. He's back, everyone. All right, we can fucking pick nits out of the hair if we really want to. But Jesus Christ, that tackling. The tackling that run was defense. Poor. I'll give you that. The tackling was poor. But that's a now, long-standing I'm telling you, my issue. My man Jordan Brooks was on that field. That run defense would have been the, solid. Do you know, the, the, the thing that got me from tackling is from a pure coaching standpoint, and it's something I pride myself on when I coach rugby, is the technique was awful. The foot placement their head placement, they were all going, and this, I've got a big bugbear with American football anyway, the head's always on the wrong side of the tackle, which is going to cause some serious spinal injuries, which we don't want any more of on this team. Um, no. But everything, they, they just, they, there was no anticipation, they were not moving their feet, they were getting stepped round because their feet were planted and they weren't driving shoulders through anyone, they were just getting either shrugged off or run round. I'm completely with Pez on this one again, that's two in one episode, Pez. Two. Let's Book go. this episode. That's it. Personal new season, growth. new Personal me and growth. Josh. It, We're going to have our own segment. James, you get a brew, pal. I know, there's a, there's a bromance brew in here, and I don't like it. This is my show. Yeah. Let's get out. Be it's, yourself. Yeah, it's, I, I, I oh, agree. Did you not get well, the memo? We've replaced yeah. you, James. Oh, we've, got our, we've got our own group chat. Oh, um, oh I see. <laughs> I see. Um, well, I'm reporting. The, the angry heads. Yeah, but it's like the... Individually, there were some fantastic performances. I think that's what you, you're going to get on that. Like, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you that in a second. But I think that, again, with Pez, the tackling technique-wise, it, it infuriated the hell out of drunken, cold Chinese food-eating Josh at one o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I was I, I was genuinely sat there. just I, I, I didn't know what to say or do. I was watching these professional athletes get run over or run round, and I, it, it, it baffled me because I was just screaming at the screen what they need to do with their feet, where their head needs to go, and what they need to be looking for when someone's running at them. And it just wasn't there. But again, that might be a bit of just wariness with it being pre-season. You never know. But anyway, yeah. sorry, James, crack on. I'll no, bring no, us back no, to no, get off my coaching games. my horse now. No, you, no. They, 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 thank you very much for giving me the floor again. Um, let's start with the defensive line. Um, we 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 saw some some debutants as well. Shelby Harris is in there. Miles Adams was a guy that you picked up on in the previous pod as well. Just one to look out for, and he's played well. Um, I think the main one that we all want to touch upon is is the rookie Boye Mafe, the boy. Um, very impressive. Very very impressive. Um, a boss fumble sort of slash strip sack on Mason Rudolph. Um, and then one on Kenny Pickett as well. Um, I mean, that one on Kenny Pickett, that chase down was absolutely... Uh, I mean, we, we talk about it, Pete's talked about it, the, the comparisons to Cliff Averill are real. He looks exactly like him. Um, but that but that, that speed, that agility, he didn't get fooled on the sort of 
was it like a screenplay? I think that, that, that it was like a trick screenplay. He didn't, nosed it yeah, he didn't take the bait. He, he kept his eyes on the QB, played that QB spy to perfection um, and, and, and nailed him. So in terms of the debut, I think Shelby Harris, did he get a sack or a tackle for, for loss as well on the, the QB? TFL, I think. Um, TFL, or did he sort of recover something? He did something that I can't actually put my finger on now at this point, but um, he made a bit of an impact as well. But I think it was about, him who got in on the... T- when he... When he stripped the ball um, and the Steelers picked it back up, I think Shelby Harris was the was the one who yeah, was on the tackle. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, tackle, so that's the tackle for loss. That's the tackle for loss, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Boya Maffa then. Two sacks. Um, wh- what a debut performance and, and how excited can we get about this boy? Very excited. Like, it, for me, it was the, throughout all of training camp, the, the superlatives have been coming thick and fast for him. And the, the comparison to Cliff Averill, I was really apprehensive about. But having seen some of the stuff from training camp, having seen that closing speed, it for me, it was watching him in a four-point stance on the edge. Mm. And he was just coiled like a Jaguar, just the get off as well. He looked like a sprinter. Mm-hmm. The get off to get around someone was absolutely amazing. And then just tracking Kenny Pickett, you thought Pickett was going to roll all the way to the the sideline and then just chuck something. But he had no chance with Marfe. I he, he out of all the players, I am most excited about seeing what he produces this season. I genuinely am because if you have him and Daryl Taylor coming off the edge. Scary. That is a lot of speed. That is a lot of speed, yeah. yeah. There's not um, a bull rush, but when we've got three men as our sort of like D-tackles, mm. then they're big units anyway. So that's your bull. But the speed off the edge, I think, is going to be mind-blowing. It's not something we've seen in Seattle for a long time. So I'm, yeah. I'm generally getting a little bit excited about that. Yeah, these young pass rushers are looking good, man. What did you think, Pez? Yeah, I, the same as what you two said, really. Um, there's not much really more I can say on him, but just picked up on something, what I wanted to, what I was going to bring up, but now we mentioned about the speed off the edge. I'm just going to like divert it into something. And like another thing, what I like the look of was we might have missed tackles, but the speed of this mm. defense was it stood out. The speed they were flying around the ball. So these missed tackles, yeah, there might have been missed tackles, but there's about five or six Seahawks in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, literally closing down the ball is something that I don't think we've had in a very long time as a team. Like, and it's like, the first half, they missed they, they missed a lot of tackles, uh, first quarter. Second quarter, it's like they... They sorted it all out. They must have made some adjustments and they were stuffing the ball a lot. But it was like, even if they got out, it was like about five people just mauled the running back. Mm. And so the speed of the edge, I think the speed of the whole defense in that game was, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it, it's some, it was a surprise. It was really nice. And uh, obviously, I'm not, there's nothing much more I can really add on uh, Maffe, mm. but I'm going to use the speed to just bring up a guy who made a good standout play. Um, Fire Jones. Fire Jones. Oh, yeah. Fire Jones, yeah. That 
when he just used him like a ragdoll, like a fucking <laughs> German shepherd on someone's <laughs> arm, that was phenomenal. That was sensational to watch. It literally like a ragdoll, just like got his shoulder pad and just fucking mauled the fucker. Pure aggression, wasn't it? That yeah. was, I deserve to be here, fucker. And he just went. And I was just like, I watched that game, that, that, that play and was like, holy crap. And I mean, it was like, amazing. I thought he was going to get a flag. And yeah. he's like, no, because I thought he had his helmet or something. It was just a perfect yeah. tackle. And he just mauled him to death. I was just like, yeah, he needs to stay around him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it wasn't just that as well. It, it, I think he, he led the team in tackles last night with six total tackles, one assisted tackle as well, and that he, sack. He 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 did let he did let a few he did let a few tackles go slipping, mm. but you can't really knock him because every no, other fucker no. in the team did that. But but he's he's undrafted as well. Is this? An, I mean, we've seen the the success of. I Kuna think Ford. he's a. I think I think he's a fifty-three guy. Think? I think what he's done in what he's done in camp and what he's he did in a real game scenario, he's another guy. If they try and be cute and try and sneak him back onto the practice squad, he ain't getting on the practice squad. He he just isn't. Like there's been enough stuff on tape that there'll be a team out there who will snatch him and waivers before we get him. There seems to be growing a bit of a knack for these undrafted free agent sort of defensive line when you think of Puna Ford, Brian Monet, and then potentially this Levi Jones as well. What were you going to say there, Josh, before I jumped in? We also got that um, Joel DeBlanco, who was the linebacker from Cincinnati Bearcats last year. He was a, a UDFA, and he had four tackles and four assisted tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he went completely under the radar. But that's, that's two... I, undrafted linebackers that we've brought in and they both look pretty legit so if we've got that as depth you think you've got Cody Barton you've got Pez's man um, Jordan Brooks and then you've got those two rookies behind him you've also got Iggy as well um, as a bit of a a, a veteran presence Uh, that's quite healthy. You look at the numbers they're putting up. If that carries on through pre-season, it's going to be cutting players from this roster is going to be very hard. Um, Also, something what me and Josh have both spoke about with, uh, well, we all have actually, sorry, all of us have, uh, with um, Cody Barton. He he still hasn't really proven he, he can sustain his play. No. Now, having someone like Vi Jones showing out like he is, I think it works really well as rotational mm-hmm. for Barton. Just just don't have him in there all the time and use him, use him like you always have been. Yeah. Especially in the new scheme you do in where the Sam's the new, like, uh, open field edge guy and just rotate Barton, Brooks, by the looks of it, being a signal caller should be the main man in the middle. Mm. Like all the packages and stuff, it's Barton who's getting thingy because like before camp, everyone was saying that Brooks is going to keep his same role and Barton's going to be the mic and Barton's going to always stay and Brooks is going to rotate out. Well, apparently, well, mm. from what I've been reading, it's Barton who's rolling out and that's the right way to do it. If they did yeah. it the other way, then... It made no sense. Yeah, Clint Hurt like Clint Hurt, like needs to give himself a fucking slap in the face, in my opinion. Hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because 
He put me through the house. He would put you through the house, yeah. He put me through the house, put me on his barbecue and just eat me. (laughs) To be fair... Fucking medium rare. When we're talking about these linebackers, there is a spot there because obviously Ben Burkirvin's down for the season now. So there is a final kind of spot to carry on this 53-4, an extra linebacker. So have they cut him? They cut him, but... Oh, yeah, but if he makes waivers, essentially he's going to make waivers. He's going to come back on on the IR because yeah. the Seahawks have to give him medical. Yeah, but but there's a spot there now, isn't there? Really. So if if I think you've seen it with that to Blanco and 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 Via Jones now that it could be these could be 53. Maybe not in your in in your average sort of NFL roster, but with the with the situation the Seahawks have got at linebacker, then with Ben Bakerven going down and and obviously Cody Barton not. For me, is not the answer. There is a real opportunity there for that sort of those last little linebacker spots to be filled up, and and if Levi Jones keeps playing like that, then he might not even need to settle for that kind of spot. He could be higher up the depth chart, and than we think. So, um, so yeah, it was it was a really impressive night for them. Um, let's talk about the corners as well. The, the the cornerbacks. It was our first glimpse of our of our rookie cornerbacks, mainly Tariq Woolen and and Kobe Bryant. Yes, there was other guys like he 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 Michael Jackson with a pass breakup. I couldn't. I, I forgot to download the soundboard, so I haven't got the official. Michael Jackson. That's quite impressive. Him very yeah, sticky right. in coverage. Like very the sticky. guy might have caught the ball, but very sticky. Like all over him, but in a clean, non-flagged way, and so you take that to start with, and then you use that, give him the confidence, and then build him up. Mm. Then I, I, I like what I like what I saw just on a quick note because I know obviously we're yeah. going to talk a lot about uh, Woolen and uh, Bryant. I just mm. thought I'd, I'd chip in on that one. I thought, yeah, very look very sticky, looking like. He was always there, whether they caught it or he was pass breaking it, tackling. He was always there. He was always in. He was always like on his assignment, and that's what we want to see. We don't want to see any of these blown coverages. We can't afford them this year. He came in at the back end of last season and played well in a game that he came in. I can't remember, was it the Lions or someone like that that he came in yeah, and, and played yeah, well? Yeah, I think it was the Lions. So, I, th- I mean, potentially you've got a guy there, but we'll talk about Corey Bryant and Tariq Wunder as, as the main two. Obviously, our, our first glimpse at the rookies. Um, wasn't maybe the rookie debuts that they were entirely hoping for. I don't think they necessarily, necessarily played badly, but what, what, was the, what were the first impressions like from those two? Um. I'll leave Woolen to you, James, because okay. overall, my personal thing on him, I kind of think a quick, well, quick one on Woolen. I just, I kind of think he showed the he showed the rawness. Mm-hmm. Yep. He showed he, he he showed why everyone talked about him being so raw. Training camp and a real life scenario two different things. And the thing is with Woolen, he's pretty much tied to the outside. Mm. As down to now with Kobe, they put him into nickel and he seemed a lot more comfortable in an NFL setting at nickel. Mm-hmm. He really did. The Pickens, the Pickens touchdown, like, it's hard he just to got stop, his head around. It? Yeah. If, no, no, not 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 really. Actually, because his hand was there, he was there. His coverage mm. was was gr- was great. Really, mm. he's just he didn't get his head round. 
and Pickens did. Mm. Pickens tracked the ball. He knew where it was. Coe saw it as it was in the gloves and then tried swiping it away. Like, there's only... Cornerbacks who can do that kind of thing and get away with it are your Sherms, your Jalen Ramseys, the quick athletics types. So let's take that one out of it. When he went into nickel, he seemed to do a lot better. Like, Mm. he seemed a, a lot more comfortable... I still think he'd be. I still think he'd be better on the outside, mm. but like the stone he's versatility. The stone, hasn't he? I think for yeah, his, for his stone, skill set, I think Nichols going to be better for him because he'll just get burned on the outside. He showed that against Pickens. Pickens got that that sort of couple of yards in front of him, which then meant that he had to track him and couldn't turn his head, even though he didn't. Just, he should have just put um, his arm up somehow. But I think Nickel the, would suit him better. The thing, the thing is, the thing is with that. So, Kobe's good at reading the quarterback, like and assessing the plays. It breaks down. We saw it in the scrimmage game, didn't we? Where the guy run across the front of him whilst the deep threat was going down, and he started tracking him, but then analyzed, like assessed it, and then let the safety cover take him. But he kind of shone against the quicker guys. He he's not got the speed mm. to be able to catch. No, do, do you know what? I'm talking to myself and fuck that because he just didn't get his fucking head round. He just didn't get yeah. his head round. It's a simple fact of he didn't get his head round. And if he did, he would have made a better solid play. Mm. But if he got his head round and tracked track the ball, he could have literally had his hand out earlier mm. and basically had it in Pickens. He would have had it there, wouldn't he? He would, he, yeah. he would have had. He might not have been. He might not have. But I don't think it would have been complete with the minimal turf what Pickens had to play with. Mm. He would have done enough to distract him from getting that second foot down. Yeah. So I'm not having that. But like I say, I'm, it, talk, it, I'm just yeah, being a it, hypocrite and talking myself out <laughs> of my own point. It was good coverage, like you said, because he was right there. It's just learning and teaching that bit more ball hawk instinct potentially with, with Kobe, maybe then going forward. Um, I think I think oh, we're to go on. Um, just a gush over him because you can't not talk about him. Go on. When he stonewalled that tight end. Yes, on that. When he was in, when he moved to the nickel and he just literally deaded him like um, Trey Brown did to Ch- yeah. Chase Claypool. Yeah. Like literally, he caught the ball and he was like, "Oh, and there's a first new." Literally player. just ended him, just like no fucking yeah. big mountain, just fucking you crumbled shall not down. Pass. Yeah, that, that's two displays and, of really good coverage, though. So that that, that that's got to be positive. And <laughs> did you see when fucking Pickens just used him like a rack off oh, the line? Yeah. He did yeah. it for Georgia when that cornerback was giving him shit, and he did... he pushed him over and then waved at him. <laughs> Yeah, and he did it to Kobe, man. I was like, oh, Kobe, you fucking dick. As if you let him manhandle you like that. That was brutal. Um, be a learning curve, wasn't it? Tariq Woolen, didn't, we didn't see, I don't think we saw as much of Tariq Woolen as we did with Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I'm still I'm still so excited for, for Tariq I can't even. I can't lie. I, I've, I've got a new nickname for him, lads. Um, it, 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 I mean, it, it's probably not going to stick. But my my nickname for him is Viagra. 
Um, that, that, that's, that's just what I've come up with. Um, what do you mean? I'm telling you, that is a cracking nickname because you've looked at our cornerbacks in recent years. It's been so uninspiring and so unexciting. And now all of a sudden, you've got Tariq. This well, one gets you up. That's what I'm saying. Whether he's good or bad, Tariq Woolen is 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 Viagra, man. He just gets you excited when you see him on the field. The cornerbacks. I'm excited about the cornerbacks again. Um, Worst analogy we have ever made. In it's not an part. analogy. It's a nickname. You can't uh, go wrong with a nickname. Uh, awful. Right, so. well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> sorry, sorry, your lordship. I will go away and work on my on my nickname. Um, anyway, I, sample size. First, first game, you take it all with a pinch of salt or a pinch of Viagra. Um, <laughs> what? Are, are we? Because through training camp, it was coming up, and, and we were hearing a lot of things that Tariq Woolen, as Josh tries to recover, um, we were hearing a lot of things about Tariq Woolen potentially being a week one starter through training camp, the way he was playing. Um, I mean, he's done that a little bit of harm in that first preseason game. I'm, I'm sorry, guy. I'm just laughing because Josh is still trying. Oh, I can't help myself. He's still trying to compose himself. You've done um, me. <laughs> but is, is he? Are we? Are we going to get too ahead of ourselves in terms of thinking that he is going to be seeing? As a lot of field this year, or, or is he still going to be a long-term guy that we'll see more of in in his second year? I reckon we're going to see um, a lot of penetration for him. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be receivers wide open. Um, I like now, I, I th- again, he's just really raw. Like We broke it on our Instagram that Sherm's come back to work with the, the DBs and Pete Carroll, which is I, I think will be the making of people like Kobe and Woolen. But again, like Pez said, he's just he's shown how raw he is. Like he's, if he comes up against the best, or not even the best, middle tier receivers in the NFL, he's going to get burnt. They're going to turn him inside out. He may have those raw gifts, but he just needs to refine them to make them game worthy. Um, he, he shows flashes. Like, I'm not gonna not gonna lie. Um, he got me I mean, excited. That, yeah, that that pick um, on on Gino in the in the in the sort of training game in, in at, at the Lumen Field was was very impressive. So he, he's obviously yeah. he's getting closer. He's, he's, I don't he's, hold too much stock in when you're playing against your own team because you yes. see your own team every day. Yeah. So it's all about putting it on the field against people you don't play against every day. True. Um, and this is where like there's massive sort of misnomers about everyone's saying, oh, such a body's lighting up training camp, such a body's doing this. It's absolutely fine to be brilliant in training, but when you put it into a game scenario against people you don't see every day, that's that's the proof. That, that's what we need to see. Mm. Kobe, again, show, show flashes. Woolen, we know he's a fantastic athlete, and it, he will he'll go far. He just needs to, to learn from someone, and someone like Sherm will be brilliant for him. Even someone like Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll specialised in DBs, yeah, you know, it helps Sherm get to Hall of Fame level, and I think give him this season won't be a season to shine. He might make some flashy plays and look good in in spits and spats, but I think next season and the season after is when we're going to start seeing it. Yeah, um, whilst we're on the cornerbacks, as, as we may as well touch on Hugo Amadi. Now we've sort of mentioned his name in in that previous discussion when you've kind of talked about Kobe Bryant playing nickel. Pez, do you think when I mean you've said that you you think Kobe Bryant looks better when in, in that nickel spot. Do you think Pete Carroll is agreeing with you and that's 
come into that's why he's come to the decision that Ugo Mardi is replaceable now. Yeah, just because we all said it on the pod numerous times last year that Ugo, it's almost like he had more bad noticeable plays than good noticeable plays, I'll put it. Mm. And with Kobe looking more comfortable there, and the, before even this game, I think the, regardless of being burnt by picking, it's whatever it is, it's first game, it's a mistake, like, it's going to happen. But I think they were always going to plan to put him in nickel to see what he could do. Mm-hmm. I think they were always going to, because they were training practice. They were, they were training camp to do it. So you don't do it in camp to then not do it in the game, unless mm-hmm. he literally is shut down straight away on the outside. Like, um, yeah, just with all the other nickel sp- there as well. It's like, um, I was going to bring up Blair actually, and now you've brought this yeah. up. He's still running around that field with velocity. Mm-hmm. He's playing and like a nickel for me. Pete, even though Ugo can, Ugo can be like that, Pete's talking about being younger, like being faster, harder, blah, 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 blah. Blair hits that criteria. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost like Pete being sentimental that Blair's not had a f- full shot under his belt whereas Hugo's had multiple seasons of a shot yeah so I think the writing was on the wall once Kobe started playing nickel really mm. for Hugo unfortunately I, I I like him I like his play I like his uh, thing but coverage wise he's about as much used to fishnet condom lovely Literally, that's worse uh, than the Viagra one there you go so I'm, I'm just following the phallic themes here um <laughs> It's basically it's like Pez said though. It's like he Ugo every now and again. He he's consistently mediocre to shit house, right? <laughs> every now and again he will make a play, and you think, "My God, Ugo Amadi's arrived!" And then three plays later, you go, "Oh no, same old Ugo." But we keep him on board because he's a good camp body. He can fill different positions. Right, right, right. I'm a fan because, well, I say fan, slightly endeared to him because he's an Oregon ex duck. My college team, that's the only reason because I see so many holes in his play that I can't foresee him sticking around on a roster. If you're going to cut someone in one of those positions, if you if if I put my coaching hat on, I'm going to look at the players I've got that I know can perform at cornerback or at nickel or safety, which Hugo can be deployed at, all right? And I'm going to look at the ones that are already there and then look at the rookies that have got the really, really high upside. And I'm going to look at that middle tier and go, who's there? The one that sits in that tier pretty much solely most of the time is Ugo Amadi. They've got him in there because he's a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. He'll come in, he'll be a body, but if any half-decent player goes near him or the ball gets thrown near him, it's guaranteed yards. Like You can't afford to have that. I mean, if we're going through a rebuild... We might as well cut our losses on him because we've tested him out. We know we can't do what we need him to do and just give it to one of the young players. Yeah, I mean, it feels like for me, they've just been waiting for their first opportunity to find a replacement yep. for Ugo. And now that they've got it, and whether it's whether it's Coleman, whether it's Blair moving into to nickel or whether, they, whether they're going to try something with Kobe, I think they're comfortable with the, the options that they can have at nickel now and, and they can do better than Ugo. And I, I don't think he's a bad, bad player, but you can do better than Ugo. He is poor in coverage. He's very, very hit and miss. 
and, and he's more missed than hits for me. Um, and I, I just think they've found an opportunity to get to get better at that position now. And, and, and that's what they're going to do. Save a bit of cap space and, and say thank you very much. I mean, and anything to add on that, Pez, there? No, I think it goes back to the fact of um, when, like I said about the running backs with DJ Dallas, like when you're essentially in a rebuild and then they start moving players from one position into your position, you've kind of got to look at the writing on the wall, essentially. Mm. And I think that that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, before we move on to the news that we that we're going to catch up on from 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 whilst we've been away, um, is there anyone else from from the game that, that that stood out in the Steelers that that you'd like to give a mention to? Obviously, we've got the two new offensive tackles that played as well, Charles Cross, Abe Lucas. Any any opinions on them? I mean, Cross just looks like a monster, doesn't he? He, he does. Look or like he a drives that guy back, and then as he's on the floor, he's like, "No, I'm just gonna just gonna jump on you anyway. You ain't getting past me." That that for me was. That was peak, like aggressive left tackle. Um, I think the the DJ Dallas touchdown highlighted Stone Forsyth's ability as well, because mm. he wasn't letting anyone past him. He just he protected Locke as he rolled out to then try and throw that ball to DJ Dallas, which I thought was brilliant. Just bought valuable seconds. Um, apart from that, they were the only two really that I, I looked at. I'm still like Delu. I think if he get recaptures his form from a couple of seasons ago would be brilliant um, but apart from that there's not really there wasn't really anyone else that I, I looked at if being honest I did, like, like a lot of our listeners know I'm not a O-line purist but I did see some videos uh, on Instagram highlighting Abe Lucas just locking guys down on multiple plays mm. so that's good to see that's uh that's exciting to see the from these rookies coming in to provide something to that old line to hopefully help Drew through yeah. the season. Yeah, it feels like they've they've got their two sort of franchise blocks there on the perimeter. Um, by all accounts, I mean it, it's hard to keep an eye on these guys during the game with 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 the nature of the offensive line. But I think Phil Haynes got a ninety point six grade as well. Sounds like he's had a good game. Very versatile player, can play pretty much anywhere on the offensive line. That's always helpful. Um, so it, it it sounds like he's had a good game as well. There's no one else for me really that 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 I'm going to give a mention to that that particularly stood out. Um, so we're going to get on to the news that we that's been happening whilst we've been on our on our little summer break doing bits and bobs that we that we told you about. Um, I mean, the main headline is, is of course, DK Metcalf, three-year extension now, $72 million. All 58 of that million, 58 million of that is uh, is fully guaranteed. Um, I mean, I, I, is, is there any point me saying any opinions on this? Because it, it's <laughs> excellent, isn't it? This is what we're all waiting for. This is Face of the franchise, mate. Face of the franchise locked up. He is the new leader now in Seattle, certainly of this offense anyway. Um, he's talked about becoming that now in, in Seattle and he knows that's his role and I mean did any, did any of you watch the, the, the press conference that he did when he re-signed I mean I'll tell you what he's getting quite emotional wasn't he for, for, for a big boy he was um, he, he obviously wants to be here he was never really fielding any interest from, from anywhere else he was he was just wanted to earn what he feels he deserved from Seattle and, and that's all he was waiting for and as soon as we've given him that he's he signed on the dotted line so Excellent. Couldn't be more. Couldn't be more excited to see three more years of, of DK Metcalf, and um, 
yeah, we, it, you, you lose a leader or two in Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson and, and you get one back in, in DK Metcalf. So that's going to be really important as we go forward now into this into this rebuild era. Um, any, any, I'm going to say it anyway, any further opinions on, on that extension? Um, nah. Not not on the extension itself, but on him in training camp. Obviously, he got into that. He got into that scrap with uh, Daryl Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, I've not seen anything to why it actually happened in the first place, but um, there's been several things like overthrown balls, misplaced balls, and do you know shit? What a guy with his, his temperament could set him off. There's multiple things that could have set him off. And if you think he's going to be a saint, he's definitely not. He's going to have his moments where he's going to kick off. When things aren't going to go right, he's going to kick off. And people can call him a smacked-ass, a kid or whatever. But I I like his personality because he's a sportsman. He wants to win. And if if you're trying to put negatives out of that, like if he does something to detriment the team Hmm. and we end up losing the game, then different matter. But if he's showing passion because we're not improving, we're getting our ass fucking handed to us every single game, and then you have an issue with that and turn on him, then you just how are you a fan of sport? In my the, this, it's the sports stars mentality. If if you have someone who is literally just gonna sit there and get their belly tickled and just be like, Yeah, all right, I'll take it. Meh, not too far. You're gonna be like, Oh, why the fuck are we paying you? Someone like DK is like, I know what I'm worth. I want to be somewhere I can win. I want to be in Seattle, but I want them to pay me what I'm worth because I'm a competitor and I am worth that money. He he will go out and prove it every single week. He'll play with a chip on his shoulder. He'll play angry. He'll make the hard yards. He will go looking for work, especially now we've got at least I, one QB controller in the middle. Can I just interrupt? There is some yep. more breaking news. Um, the Eagles are trading wide receiver JJ Arcega-Whiteside to the Seattle Seahawks in return for cornerback Ugo Emadi, according to Tom Pelissero. Wow, um, a guy that Fuck we, off. a guy that the Seahawks passed up on in in the uh, in the t- in the 2019 draft to take DK Metcalf. Um, Are you joking? I'm not joking. No, um, I don't think I don't Sarah. think that kid has any mental fortitude in the game anymore. All that poor fucker has, and now he's come to a team where he's going to be reminded he got picked over DK fucking Metcalf. And now that poor bastard (laughs) has got to come to a team and be reminded of that every single fucking day. I'd quit if I was that fella. I'd retire and go, fuck you lot. No chance. In, oh, in well. the interest of decent locker room banter, you, you would expect someone to go up and go, oh, so where were you drafted? Yeah? Oh, oh, DK, what about you? How much did you just get paid, DK? How many yards have you made? Well, welcome to the Seahawks, JJ, I'll say a white side. We're thrilled to have you here, honestly. Don't listen oh, to I can't wait for one random do you know, do, person do you know, to have his, uh, his jersey. Do you know what the thing is there? Uh, I was just about to say, just quick process in my mind, I was going to say it doesn't make fucking sense. A wide receiver room is, and I know Pete loves to just hold wide receivers in camp, but it doesn't make sense because they're not even that banged up. But then a quick process, it does make sense because if you're going to release him anyway, why don't you pick something up to see what you've got? Yeah, but then are we are we saving any cap space now? Or, or into, I don't know what I say. The white side. No, Ugo is only going to cost two point five million. Yeah. But then, but then, what are we going to be paying 
Arcega White. He's still on a rookie contract, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, I suppose he is, yeah. Um, and in the okay. day, they're going to look at it and go, there's a reason he got drafted that early, go to his college tape, see what he could do, and see if they can, the always optimistic Pete, see if they can get something out of him. I just don't get it. We're so deep at wide receiver. Mm. Why do you need him? But that tells me that they are going to be carrying maybe an, an extra one or two receivers this year because, like we just said, Bo Melton's not going anywhere. You, you, obviously, it goes without saying that DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett aren't going anywhere. Derek Young has, has impressed. Freddie Swain, you wouldn't think, would go anywhere. I mean, are they just going to cut these guys like Cody Thompson, Kay Johnson, Aaron Fuller that have been given a few chances now and, and, and roll with roll with seven or eight receivers? That would, just I'd, practice squad bodies. Practice squad bodies, yeah. So there's a bit of uh, a bit more breaking news. We've had two two segments of, of breaking news on the on the We Talk Seahawks podcast tonight. We're back in full swing. Um, right, we talked about back it onto DK. Sorry, oh, back just back onto DK because we kind of like the point I was making with the he's showing the maturity of a leader. Like he did the Daryl Taylor thing. And he didn't let it affect him. He just was like, right, that's done. Let's move on. And that's, I, I believe, for for a player and a person of his passion and temperament, that's all you can expect to show that he's improving, he's moving on. Like, because, yeah, you don't want to... Pe- people, I've seen, I saw tweets like people say, like, you don't really want your leaders reacting in that kind of way. Well... Were you following this team in 2010, 11, 12, 13 when all they used to do was chirp at each other and get into fucking pushes and shoveys? Like, pushes and shoveys? Pushes and shoveys? Handbags. Handbags. I get what you mean. If, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I love it. I love DJ Dallas getting ejected off the practice field. I love it. You. Yeah. You you want to make a rebuild and you want to truly believe in Pete and that he can do it and he can keep you where you, like, playoff team. You need dogs on the team. You need to see the defence and the offence going at each other, chirping off, squaring up, getting in each other's faces. Hmm. Because you it's know they'll go in the locker room. Yeah. You'll go in, they'll go in the locker room. And Did you see um, Daryl Taylor's interview with Michael Bennett? Do you see how jacked he was on the sideline? Yeah. He was just like, man, man. And you can see he's just ready to fucking argue and f- scrap with everyone. Yeah. DK probably didn't do anything, but everyone blames DK because it's DK. Daryl well, Taylor's come yeah. into this camp like an like a alpha dog on that defence. Like you said, this is exactly how it was with the Legion of Boom and the mediocre average pedestrian wide receivers that were always arguing these young guys full of fire, full of energy, full of competitiveness. It's training camp. You're fighting for roster spots. You're fighting for... It's not. They're not even necessarily fighting each other. Really, it wasn't a fight. It's just. It's. 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 It's getting people pumped up. If if you can't react, it's fucking jacked up in it. Yeah, just jacked up. If if you don't react to stuff like that, as as Josh was saying, as and as you were saying, Pez, then. You, if anything, it's worse. I'd rather them. You would rather see them react like that because then at least you know there's. You've got a bit of fire there. You've got a bit of character. So I, I don't mind it. I like it. Um, we've talked about it a little bit on the past in the podcast in terms of 
Seattle treating its legends and 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 sort of better players of of of, of recent years with a bit more respect and a bit more dignity. Uh, whilst we were uh, whilst we were away, as I can get my words out, um, they did do or did go some way to to rebuild in that faith that we have in them in, in terms of treating their their legends with with a bit more respect. Um, signing KJ Wright to a one day contract and then letting him retire, as well as not not as much of a legend, but a Super Bowl winner with us in JR Sweezy um, to a one day contract and letting them retire. Um, what the man's what are the basically thoughts on a that? cyclops. His eyes are so close together; they're basically one. <laughs> But um, the, thing the, the, with JR, the KJ from... Sorry, the thing is with JR quickly is in that Super Bowl area when he was first with us, massively, like massively just got overlooked and underrated for what yeah, he did good. on that yeah. line. And then they tried bringing him back for a reason because of how good he was the first time. And it just didn't pan out the second time. But when he was first with us, Everyone's just so obsessed with trashing the old line and trying to make like like they have done like I think ever since I followed this team the old line's like a big issue, mm. but he was just underrated for what he actually did on that line for the team. Yeah, you he was, know he, he was a good player. Um, it, 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 he was a good player and like I say not as much of a legend as KJ, um, but it, certainly he was a valuable part of that of that offensive line and and, and a big part of that team, but. On 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 KJ because that's more the talking point. Obviously, we we were making the joke that he was practically outside of of the VMAC every day this off season, just begging for <laughs> for some form of a job, some form of a contract, anything. And and they've gave they've gave him that. I thought that was excellent. Um, it was it was a great way to to start to sort of rebuild that that faith that I would have in, in the team in terms of, of, of you know treating their their franchise heroes and franchise legends with a bit more respect than than perhaps they did with Bobby Wagner. Um, I, I mean, could you see KJ right? Potentially in a coaching role with the Seahawks going forward, I think I could. I think he's he's already said that he doesn't want to become a coach. I mean, it, it takes a different mm. type of person to coach. I say this as someone who is one. It, you've got to have a certain mentality because there are some players that can play to an exceptionally high level, but then being able to to impart that knowledge onto people is a different matter. He's already said he's identified his skill sets. He wants to work within the organisation in a different capacity, whether that be recruiting or, you know, the, the social side or the community mm. side, which fair play, he's identified that. He's not come straight in and gone, I want to be a coach. Yeah. Because there are so many failed coaches that are ex-players because they come in thinking that they can explain it to people. But what you know and think and what you say at different matters, KJ, I think, has been very... He was very eloquent in what he said. He was very. He knew what he wanted, which is fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that we brought him back. It's a bit, it's a bit of a shitter that he's obviously been campaigning to come in and play. Yeah. And we, we went. That's brilliant, KJ. But it's not going to happen. Tell you what, yeah. we will give you a one-day contract, and you can retire as a Seahawk. You know, it didn't even get his twelfth season, which I think's a bit gutting. Um, but then, as we said before, you look at the talent we've got, the linebacker position. The youth and the speed now, it's, it wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, fair play. You know, after everything we said about them with Bobby and Russ and, you know, other vets that we've just put on, trust, tossed on the trash pile, I think that was a, a really classy move. I hope it, it now spurs on a bit of a change in mindset when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and like you said there, now that you've said it, I think I really could see KJ Wright in more of a community role, like a philanthropist, well, not a philanthropist, but like working with the Seahawks in like the, the sort of charity side of it or sort of as some kind of like press guy. I think he could be really, really valuable in that side of it as well. So maybe maybe we'll go down that route. Um, any any thoughts on that from, from KJ's perspective, Pez? Um just exactly what you two said like we uh, it echoes what we said like just to, to, the way they treat the legends mm. it's just nice to see I might, might you know I can be quite like skeptical and be a bit like look at things from a bad point of view sometimes but a bit of, it crept into my head when I said crept Fucking hell, I'm, I'm making all new words tonight. <laughs> Jesus, two beers and we're fucking creating a dictionary. Um, it, it creeps into my head with the thinking of, you've seen all the tweets saying that training camp, no one, not like it used to, no one's really turning up. You never used to be able to get a ticket. Now you could just walk up on the day and just buy one and walk in. Like it's nowhere near as busy like the berm where all the fans used to stand on is like you see like loads of grass things like that and then you see all these new ways they're trying to get fans to come into training camp meet the legends and do all this that and the other and it just makes me think like are they doing these things in a sense of with the fans on mind Mm knowing full well what situation they're in and the last thing they need is the fans to turn on them because mm. once the, the fan base turns on them and things aren't going right and Drew Lock isn't working and mm. Gino isn't working then you're going to stop pointing fingers at Pete and go well you turn around to us and said this isn't a rebuild I don't have that in my makeup we are still the same team we were but you've not made the playoffs and you've got a losing record. So you're not the same season you are, this team you are. The quarterback you wanted in the trade is shit. And the fan base is now all turned on you. Mm. Could there just be a little bit of keep the fans on side and do these nice little things to the legends? But I told myself no, because like I said to Josh, I'm going to... Come with it, come at this with fresh eyes until game week one and my fucking head explodes. <laughs> but I talked myself out of that and I just said, what a nice thing. What a nice thing they've done. Because KJ is great. Yeah. My, my suspicions kind of spanked when J.R. Sweezy kind of came along. Like it's like... Eh, oh, you think I, they're just doing it for the sake of... Trying to do it, yeah. Not one day. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, do you know to, to for the fans to go back and go, oh fucking hell, that's that's decent, that. Mm. But taking all my skeptic side out of it, it's great to see. Like it, KJ deserves it. His press conference was amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's something he deserves. It's just great to see. It's great to see. It's it's great to see. A, le- uh, a modern legend not want to go to a rival team in our division just to beat us. Sherm did it and made a point of saying, basically, mm-hmm. I can't wait to play him twice a year. And Bobby's done it. Yeah. He did an interview and he said, 
Oh yeah, there's a, there's a, a personal reason why I chose the Rams as well. Yeah, the next yeah. logical step was going home. He said, but it's also like a bonus that I get to play the Seahawks twice a year. Like, cool. Yeah. 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 Great. Also, no no bitterness mate. there. Yeah. <laughs> please, 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 Drew Long. Please don't hurt him. <laughs> right. I don't want Gino. I know you don't. We've established that, mate. Trust me. Come on, uh, Jason Easton to the Super Bowl, baby. Jason Easton, but he doesn't exist. Jacob in it. So I think Jason That's how relevant he is. <laughs> Right. I'll fucking make any name up. Could have divert this last one back towards Josh because it's been his topic all over this off season. And I think this is the last thing that, that may just happen that we haven't really covered since we've been away. And that is of course Chris Carson's retirement. Um it's all obviously now being official. He has now stepped away from the game due to his, his spinal cord injury and his neck injury. Uh, I know this is your ex- area of expertise, Josh. Um so yeah, sadly. Sadly, yes. Um, I didn't mean that in a, in a positive it's way. Right. It's all right. You, you go play rugby, then you go and paralyze yourself with pretty much the exact same injury. Um, yeah, it's like uh, we called it. Like we, we called it last month, um, if not before. I can't remember now. A few pods back, yeah. um, and it, it, there was no way he was coming back. The the man has made. Obviously, he tried to do everything he could to get back on that roster. That's how much this team and football means to him, which is commendable. But I think it just got to a point where the doctors could not, in good conscience, recommend it. Mm. And also, he must have taken a step back. And when someone gives you the lowdown of it, because with the spinal cord, obviously, everything, everything in your neck controls everything below, depending on where it was. If it was C5 and 6, I think, um, that can have serious repercussions. You can have permanent pins and needles, your proprioceptor nerves mean that you can't balance on your feet properly you get numbness in various places as well as other digestion problems and whatnot so he's, he's taken the right the, he's made the right move to retire where he has i mean i, I wish him all the best for future like it, he was loved in the organization we as fans loved him to love watching him run um i think yeah now he can just start building a life for himself away from football um mm-hmm. Judging by his workout videos, personal trainer to the stars is probably a very good idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's yeah he made the right choice. It it was better to walk away, be able to walk away rather than be carried away on a stretcher. Yeah, it, absolutely. And and like you say, he's 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 taken a step back. It, it it's it's health over football at the end of the day. And 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 he's had a good career, although shorter than what he would have liked to have been. I mean, Chris Carson, for my money, has been the best running back we've had since Marshawn Lynch. Um, I think a lot of people would would agree with that. Um, I, I mean, the, the the players that stand out for me with that 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 sort of. I don't even know what to call it, that, that Avengers-style play against Carolina where he landed on his feet oh, in, in, yeah. this, in this fucking tornado kind of spin that he did, which was just ridiculous and just such a powerful, violent runner. And that's obviously sort of sadly become the the, the reason probably why he's had to step away because of the nature of, of, of the runner that he was. He was that downhill, head-first, you know, powerful helmet to helmet runner and um and that's why we all loved him so you know we all we all do wish him the very best and 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 like I say hopefully he can start building his life after football now and um and 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 we wish him the best with that um but if there's anything that I have missed then please feel free to let me know now I don't think there is is there anything that we've missed that since we've nah. since we've been last on um I don't think there is so 
unless anybody else has got any final words from uh, from this little Steelers review slash catch-up podcast that we're doing to get back into the swing of things now as the season is back around the corner, um, then, uh, then we'll wrap it up there for this one. Yeah, I'm fine. Top. Nope. Top. Top, lads. So, um, I'll, I'll I'll let Josh do the shout outs again. He's because he's, he is the uh, the vice president or the vice chair, or whatever we whatever official title we've given him of, of social media, uh, because I always forget on useless assets. So, Josh, please do fire away with any shout outs and stuff that you want to give to the social media sites and stuff like that. Yep, find us on Twitter um, and on Instagram. We talk Seahawks. Um, also. If you do want to join us for some Seahawks talk, we do have a Discord. Feel free to message us on Insta or Twitter. Either myself or Pez will get back to you and let you know how to join. Uh, there will be a Facebook group coming soon. Um, let me just get my wedding out of the way, and then I'll have the mental capacity to set one up. Uh, apart from that, follow us, listen to the pod, share it with whoever you want. If you've got questions, ask us. We're more than happy to field them, and we'll answer them on our pods when we can. Apart from that, I'll leave it with a go, Hawks. Absolutely, and um, and 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 I just just know for me and myself, and from Pez and for all of our listeners, because we're probably not going to get the chance to to speak with you before the uh, before the big day this weekend. So we do all wish you the very best this weekend. I hope it all goes well. And if your DJ does drop out, then I am there on on speed dial to, to bring my Ministry of Sound anthems and my Spotify playlist. So just just um, your mix your mix CDs, mate. My mix That's CDs, fun. yeah. yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, we wish you the very still, best. Still waiting weekend. for uh, still waiting for our invites in the post. It's in the post. Yeah. Sent him, th- yeah. sent him three months ago. We are, but that's uh, <laughs> that's soon next Britain for you, isn't it? So um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep waiting. Um, but <laughs> we wish you the very best, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you again once you are all tied up with the knot. Um, and uh, and yeah, man, it's the Chicago Bears this weekend, or well, not this weekend, this Friday, really. Um, as the, as the second preseason game, and we'll be back on after that's all been concluded to talk about that game as well as the regular season draws closer and closer. Can't wait. Um, and we're glad to have you there with us. And we're back and we're ready to go. So um, stay with us and, 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 like I say, stay tuned, stay interacting with us on social media. We thank you all for those. Um, and like as Josh said, we echo all that. Send any questions in you want, follow us on all the social medias, get in the Discord, get involved. And uh, for now, though, Go Hawks from me. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.